to steal a child for the key to immortality. But now they must face his father, the Earth's greatest champion. Where's Gohan? You can't win. Let's go! His name is Goku. Give me me, I'll take you all on! This time I'm gonna finish you off for good. Bring it on! He will see the return of his son. Pray for those who took him. I will rule this and every other world! Coming up next, the battle for our planet begins again. Zone. Final epic in the DBC triple feature. Next, only Toonami. That is no ordinary kid. What's up, Wave Crew? This is your boy, Subs, the Subtle Doctor, aka Kame Lennon, aka Past, Present, and Future Crunks, coming at you with a very special Wave Motion podcast. Uh, we're still workshopping the name, actually. Uh, I'm unsure if we're going to call it Dragon Bros or. Cannonball Z or Key Blast Podcast. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We are going to be taking a look at each of the 13 Dragon Ball Z films. And this first episode is going to be free to all, but future episodes will be at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash wavemotioncanon. Uh, and if you support us there in the in the bonus tier uh then you'll be able to hear these episodes as they come out joining me for this maiden voyage here i've got uh my man the real super saiyan 4 uh don't check his power level because he will bust your scouter it is blade licking thieves own grant the thief hey subs how's it going buddy it is going well it is going well. How are you, my friend? I mean, I was doing good until you said it was Super Saiyan 4, which means I have like a red sweater with the keyhole cut from a pex, and I'm just I'm just not really comfortable with that. I would have Can I be Can I just be Can I just be Piccolo? I just How do I just be Piccolo? Okay. That would be That would be better for me, I think. <laughs> That's but a it's, much less hype intro, just Piccolo. Yeah. Grant the thief, but we, well, let's, you know, we'll go with that. We'll go with it. <laughs> but no, I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. I, I, uh, I love me some Dragon Ball, especially these films. Most of these films are very dear to me, and I probably prefer them more than the series itself. Hot takes, hottest of takes. Yeah, sizzle. What's sizzle. your hot take on those films from 1989? <laughs> yes, I've only seen uh, the first three. Oh, I've not seen any of the films beyond that. Uh, the the ones that came on uh, Cartoon Network are the ones I have seen, or at least that came on Cartoon Network when I was still watching right. Toonami and Dragon Ball. Um, 
And so once we get past the Tree of Might, it's going to be totally new territory for me. Well, so uh, I'm really excited about that. There are some ups, there are some downs, but I mean, I know what you mean. These three films, these the first three at least, I you know recorded them off Toonami on VHS tape. Yes. I even recall the. I don't even know why, but I the only I couldn't find uh, the little VHS, those little labels that you could put on them. So I distinctly recall it's so easy to find those tapes on my shelf because I used this like green adhesive tape or something that you would it was like masking tape or something or like painter's yes. tape maybe, and I put them across the side and wrote them in sharpie, and so they're all written in you know Lil Grant handwriting on these green these black VHSs with the green tape on them so they're very amazing it's hard for me to not I when I picture these films when I talk about these films at least the first three I, I picture those VHS tapes on my shelf did you watch those for this for this viewing did you watch the VHSs I, no I rewatched um Dead Zone on uh, the DVD copy that I have now um but I definitely because my VCR is not plugged in right now but I pulled out that VHS and I was like mm. Mm, it was all rewound and ready. I might, I might bust it out and rewatch it and get some of those commercials <laughs> and stuff again. There are some. I, I tried to cut out most of the commercials, but sometimes I would get so caught up in the in the film, I was like mm-hmm. excited, and then I was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. So I'd run to the bathroom, I'd forget to stop recording, or I'd be like, I don't know if I should stop because I might not get back in time. So sometimes there are commercials, sometimes there aren't. Be interesting to see what commercials because that would have been that that'll be that'll be pretty dope the mid to late 90s probably i should really now i want to dig those out i really should have done that that would have been smart i'll do it for the next two i'll do it for the next two definitely <laughs> so uh, i i did the same i my masking tape was white but i certainly did the same with recording the show off tv and recording the movies um i i distinctly recall like there were quality settings on my vcr like mm. you could record sort of higher quality and put two hours worth of stuff on a tape or uh, lower quality and get six and i was like right. this is dragon ball z baby give me six hours on a single tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm excited dead zone um in particular this is this was a a pretty early experience for me and my because dragon ball was my first shonen and watching the toonami airing of z I had no clue what it was. I was just, I love Toonami, and this pops on, and I was like, I just, you know, pulled into this world, and Dead Zone was pretty early in that experience, so this really colors, uh, in a strange way, I think, how I view, kind of like, or what I expect from Dragon Ball, Um, even as, obviously, as the show continues on, you know, way past this, and to 12 more movies, and all these hundreds of episodes, and into Dragon Ball Super, and GT, like, Dead Zone is a very, like, really set the tone for me like okay this is what dragon ball is when i started watching it was before i had the the internet um oh yeah this was way before the internet for me too in in the in the midst of watching z and then suddenly there's this commercial for like here's a special dragon ball z movie and i was like holy shit there are movies what huh this is amazing like yes i know what i'm doing friday night yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Before we, I guess, start talking about the movie Mm -hmm. um, specifically too much, uh, I feel like we'll introduce it here, drop a little knowledge before we we have our fun uh, with the film. Um, And, oh, so I also wanted to say kind of a reason, I mean, this may seem a little random to some people, like, oh, here's a podcast about Dragon Ball now, you know, why? Well, I mean, I, I so personally, I've kind of fallen back in love with it recently uh watching super but i feel like also um in some ways the franchise is building up momentum at least on 
in my kind of anime bubble i'm seeing mm. more and more people talk about and tweet super and and like the announcement of a new dragon ball you know fighting game dragon ball oh fighters God, for game. mark systems like that mm. announcement at e3 like people are getting hyped for that that is kind of you know pushing the franchise again into the into the limelight so i think like in in some ways it's a good time to to do this to to delve back into these because um you know what's what's old is new again dragon ball is is uh i think again be, becoming uh, a thing people are watching people are talking about yeah i would say just from my own perspective you know i don't i don't really know but probably really since probably sometime in the mid 2000s or, or late 2000 you know the not late aughts or so to now until the sort of release of, of super coming or probably since battle of the gods I guess that, you know, Dragon Ball never really went away. I mean, it consistently sells. It is consistently a pop culture fixture. But it didn't feel like it was really going anywhere in terms of mm-hmm. a, a lot of new things coming out. We got, you know, the the Tenkaichi and, like, the Xenoverse board, or board games, uh, video games and things like that. It's like we were still getting some new things. And people were still clearly fans, whether from nostalgia's sake or whatever. It felt like the engine was running. But it didn't really feel like we were driving anywhere. And with battle of the gods and with um uh, uh resurrection f and super coming out in this new game it really feels like we've shifted in a whole new gear and yes. people people aren't just like oh yeah i like dragon ball or you know people aren't just remembering dragon ball fondly people are it's it's actively drawing eyeballs again and it's it's a big franchise again in, in a big way and that that feels good i mean it feels comforting i almost feel like it's sort of like how i mean star wars certainly didn't go away but after the prequel right. trilogy there was a long time when the, the the franchise wasn't really doing much i mean for different reasons than for dragon ball dragon ball just stopped you know star wars just didn't necessarily have a lot going on for it but with you know with the sort of the approach of episode seven that franchise really started to build back up steam again and i think it's in a i think dragon ball is in a similar place um, although obviously the numbers are going to be a little different there because again both of those franchises continue to, to have sold merchandise and, and be part of people's kind of consciousness for a very long time so but it's good it's, it's good for people to be like yay Dragon Ball I think that's a great yes. place to be in it feels like the fandom is there again like we're like yes this is exciting it's not absurd to talk about it like in any yeah. Twitter bubbles and stuff like that nobody's like why are you talking about this crusty old show like get over it we've all seen it let's move on like yeah or or like you filthy casual like why are you talking about (laughs) this main like super duper mainstream property like that that was my um that was part of my cycle with it is i was hardcore into it and then as i got more into anime i sort of went through this like oh man like this like too good for dragon ball dragon ball that was dumb like that was lame who needs this it's barely Mm. even anime you know what Mm. i mean it's like just really being a dumbass teenager (laughs) and wanting to distance myself from you know things that that i liked before um but thankfully i've come back around to it so dead zone or as it was known uh when it was originally released dragon ball z that's right it was just called dragon ball z uh, hmm. There was there was no subtitle originally. Um, on the back of one of the, I think of the first release, um, on the back of the box, you know, it said "Return My Gohan," 
um, which would later on, with I believe a Laserdisc release, eventually become to come to be um, the film's like official subtitle. <laughs> but originally, it was just called Dragon Ball Z. Uh, it was never, you know, known as Dead Zone in Japan. Um, but it came out in July of 1989, which was a mere like three months after the TV show started airing. Yeah. Um, so in the midst of the training for the Saiyans arc, you know, this movie hits. And it was part of, like, Toei's big cartoon festival uh, of the summer. And they would they would do these things, right, during breaks kids had from school. Like, once the trimester was over, they get a month break. Then Toei would air for a solid month these, um, like, several films back-to-back. Um, and in the summer of 89, you know, Dead Zone, Dragon Ball Z was one of those films. And it was uh, directed by... Daisuke Nishio. Yep. I totally knew that off the top of my head. I don't have a wiki open. Thank you. I'm not on trial here. Smarty. <laughs> um, the man who, of course, directed like a huge chunk of the TV series. I want to say like almost 200 episodes of the TV show. I don't know enough of Dragon Ball staff to to say that definitively, but I'll click this wiki link and see what it says about him. <laughs> That's okay. We don't need to reveal that Dr. we're Slump, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Wikis. So looks like he was worked on it for quite a while. So sure, let's go with like 200 episodes. <laughs> it also sounds like he was like good buddies with Toriyama. He directed Dr. Slump as well. That's interesting. Yeah, that is. Grant, do you, mm-hmm. do you mind gracing us with, uh, for those who haven't seen the movie, uh, quick or, or those that want to get refreshed, a quick plot summary? Uh, sure, I'll give a quick uh, summary. It's, it's going to probably jump around a little bit and ignore a couple of the finer points but this is broadly what happens in the film um so we sort of open with uh piccolo chilling out in one of dragon ball's many just open destroyed planes full of weird rock structures he's just chilling out being brooding as you do um and these newcomers sort of surprise him and attack him and from the viewer's perspective it looks like he's killed um, we get a little bit with uh, Kami being like, yo, I felt that in the force. And then even though he's reeling from that pain, we get our delightful Dragon Ball opening. It's very cheery and happy and just kind of the same as the show opening, uh, which is sort of a weird tonal shift. But then we cut to uh, Gohan at being uh, out in the woods. I think he's studying. Um, and his grandfather shows up, the Ox King. So he and his mom, Chi-Chi, are like talking like, hey, yay, Ox King's here. And surprise, the Saiyan Three Goons attack and abduct Gohan. Uh, Goku, in traditional fashion, uh, you know, from the Goku parenting playbook, is not present uh, and comes running in only to scoop up Chi Chi and find out that you know he's been taken. We pretty much smash cut right away from there to the goons reporting in to Garlic Jr., who's kind of the main villain of the plot. Uh, the reason that they they took out Piccolo because you know they didn't want Piccolo or Kami in the picture. They snagged Gohan because he's got a Dragon Ball on his his adorable little hat, and they're going to wish for immortality. Um, We get a little bit with, basically, this launches the main thrust of the plot. Goku goes to get his son. Later, Piccolo shows up as well to to fight these guys. Uh, Garlic Jr., and also Kami shows up at their base too. Um, Garlic Jr. wishes for immortality and gets it pretty quickly. Uh, so Garlic Jr. and Kami are sort of faced off for a good deal of the movie. Uh, Goku and Piccolo are fighting the goons for a good deal of the movie. Um, and they culminate in clearing out the goons, fighting Garlic Jr. themselves. They're, they're doing quite well, but my goodness, it turns out 
he's actually wished for immortality so they can't kill him he as in good good in a, a great villain fashion decides well even though i'm super invincible yes. i'm gonna open up a dead zone to ironically <laughs> ironically nothing can get out of this dead zone but i'm gonna open it up just because you guys put my dad in there and well gohan does his thing and screams really loud and knocks garlic jr into the dead zone seals him up and that's pretty much all she wrote and the film ends with them you know flying away gohan's been saved piccolo is clenching his fist and shaking it down at uh, goku like next time gadget next time that's pretty much the film um mo almost all of that is is the the middle section is pretty much one long extended fight sequence happening kind of on th in three different locations in garlic jr's evil base that's the majority of the movie much of the film takes place in the battle in the castle but that's largely what happened i think the settings for these for the movies are really interesting um watching a couple of them recently they're very kind of intentionally different from each other and they kind of they pick a setting or two to fight in and uh, I don't know, I just think it's interesting and adds to kind of the decision making when you're wanting to watch a Dragon Ball movie. You know, it could actually be like, you know what, like, I'd like to see some Dragon Ball shenanigans happening in the Arctic. Right. Or in this castle or in the, or in the woods, you know. Yeah, that definitely. This this also feels like, what if they fought in a castle in the sky? Like, that definitely kind of, <laughs> that sort yep. of has. Yep. And I, I agree, especially given how Z in particular has very long fight sequences in the same locations for a long time just in the fucking looney tunes desert right exactly so i think i i would agree i think a lot of times these films are just sort of like well what if they fought in a box what if they fought with a fox what if they fought in a house what if they fought with a mouse like just sort of exploring these characters in different sort of geographic settings to give them something mm -hmm. else to do um and i think most of the films probably succeed in that <laughs> So I guess just general thoughts on Dead Zone as a film is I I really, really like this movie. Um, and like I said, this this really set the stage for me for what to expect from Dragon Ball. And I think sadly, a lot of times, uh, especially when Dragon Ball is at its worst, it's not doing what this film is doing. Um, but for me, this is probably one of the leanest, and I mean that in a positive sense, one of the leanest Dragon Ball experiences you can get. Because in about 40 minutes... It with really almost no introduction, like you don't even really have to know much about Dragon Ball to get like there are bad guys, there are some good guys, there are some people that maybe are on the fence, but they've got a there's a very clear like they need some like mystical powerful things. Oh, they kidnapped a kid, gonna go save the kid. Fight, 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 fight. Here's some really cool fight scenes, and specifically the fact that the fights are not a lot of just like big energy attacks or lots of just like hey let's let's yeah. stand and stare at each other for a long time it's a lot of i call scrapping but very meticulous martial arts and martial arts films for myself i'm a big martial arts fan usually there are long takes where you see lots of fighting very particularly choreographed and there's a very logical sequence of okay he throws a right punch so that fighter ducks which means that the stomach's open so he leans out oh and then he's gonna block low like there's lots of sequences that you you can very clearly see exactly what the fighters are doing so it's it's it, it feels like a martial arts film probably owing more to the dragon ball rather than the z at this stage um and it's there's fights for a while and then they they wrap it up and it's done and it's such a short package 
and yet it pretty much does all of the things that I really like in Dragon Ball. Like we don't necessarily get maybe all of the funnier tropes, but you pretty much right. get the experience here. And I, I really like that film, this film for that reason. Like I feel like this is, a, it's not my favorite of the films, but I think it's the, the, it's the most kind of fuel efficient one. I think it does really, really well with the time that it's got. No, it is, it is absolutely lean uh and and efficient and yeah i'm with you there like it um it kind of has no wasted energy no wasted Mm. motion um i do like the movie um i like it more now than i did as a teenager when i first watched it actually but uh but for me like it doesn't sort of capture the complete uh experience of what i like about um watching dragon ball stuff Mm. um so it's kind of a cool it it is a cool sort of side thing um if that makes sense and it is i don't mean i don't want to detract from it too much because i don't really i don't really think it does anything wrong like i i think that um i guess i would say any any sins it commits would be sins of omission um certainly yeah because it's like missing all my like favorite characters <laughs> you know and kind of some of the absurdity of the fighting the fighting is um is much more grounded and that's definitely a relative term you know yeah, compared right. to something like baki the grappler or tough mm-hmm. it's definitely not but compared to you know later fights in z and what have you um it, it's definitely much more grounded and they do a lot I, I feel like they do much less of the kind of like what do you even what what do you even call it when they're just like cutting out a billion frames of animation and the dudes are punching at each other very quickly that technique they use in z all the time yeah where there's just the sort of swishy little like uh sketches in the air where like lots of punches are supposed to be going and that sort of thing yeah those are just really short loops of the same kind of repeated motions and again for me that usually those involve one character throwing a lot of attacks and the other character either just blocking or getting hit or dodging yep. and there's no tit for tat there's no back and forth this film mm-hmm. has a lot of the characters feel like they're in there it's a give and take between the combatants and that's both because of the fact that they're of similar enough power level that they can go tit for tat with one another which i think is a big problem later on in a lot of the z stuff sure. um but also just because it's this feels like a martial arts film with a little bit of Z on the on the back end, and I really really like that about it, and I think that's and that's why it avoids a lot of those those cuts like Z does. I love the fact that um, that in this movie they don't kind of lean on that too much. Yeah, um, like you said, that there's the fights feel weightier mm-hmm. because there's a back and forth, and you see um, attacks making impact more, and kind of the 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 body physics are, mm-hmm. are much more present. They don't, they don't pull frames out or cut away too much. And I definitely really, really like that about the movie. That's, that's, it's maybe its strongest point is that, yep. uh, or strongest section is the part where they're fighting. So not, I don't, don't want to get too, I guess in the weeds, but overall it is, it is a movie that, um, that I did enjoy a lot. Um, but I don't think it's ever going to be my favorite Dragon Ball film again because I think it's just it's missing for me components that I that I care about a whole bunch in 
in Dragon Ball. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. This is not a comprehensive Dragon Ball experience, um, but I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of fans that outright dislike this film. Like, I For think... Sure. I think like I think like you're saying like it's probably not anybody's favorite really but I don't think it's going to disappoint like it it does man it gets in and it does what it's got to do in 40 minutes and it's out and like you said there's no wasted there's no fat to trim like it it's it's coming in and it's doing what it's going to do um and I appreciate that about the film quite a bit I mean I I probably haven't seen the worst of these movies having only seen three oh god no you 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 don't even is not know. the worst <laughs> you don't know the people who are or listening they're probably going to know but what you don't know is that you think that the that you are you think you're safe right you think you're safe behind the patreon wall and, and behind your ignorance wall <laughs> but you don't know what you you're locked in here with them okay like <laughs> you're locked in here with some of these later films god when we get to bio broly uh, no, no one is safe from bio broly no one's <laughs> See, you're not you ain't ready man you're not even <laughs> the things we're gonna see but this film i think overall is an a very satisfying experience and like i said this set my expectation for what the series was going to be and there are lots of times where i was very disappointed even while i was loving it and there's lots of things i totally agree there's lots of elements that z and and all these other the, the later entries in the franchise do that are near and dear to my heart 15 transformations and people merging and, and dancing and connecting with their earrings like completely weird bonkers stuff that you're not going to see in anything else but man i mean this is just a really good martial arts film with some cool like, pew pews coming out of people's fists and i dig that <laughs> I, it's it's got the dragon ball aerial combat that i really really dig but it's still yes. scrappy i love it and it, it has like i oftentimes will judge either like a fight sequence or i guess in this case a dragon ball movie by the quality of its kamehameha scene and this movie has a damn good one yeah i I really really like it yeah i think it's the only big beam attack that gets used um unless i'm forgetting something and Uh, uh, they make good use of it yeah there's only one it's the most weighty one um there's a few other little beam attacks, but they're not they're not of 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 much much note. Or the, I mean, they are of note, but they don't really not in the sense that you like a big dramatic beam attack like that. It's pretty much just the Kamehameha wave that one time, and that's pretty much it. To be totally transparent, uh, at this point in the outline, uh, it says Josh uh, talks about Sakuga and. Sakuga credits, and you may have noticed, astute listener, that there is no Josh on this podcast. Uh, he was meant to be here, but uh, he couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately. So we're having a soldier on without him. Um, you patrons, uh, you will get to hear podcasts where he is present, so look forward to that. Um, but I think uh, what we're going to do anyway is recklessly shoot from the hip not knowing really too much about the animators or the staff beyond uh, Daisuke Nishio (laughs) and talk about kind of our favorite uh, animation sequences, cuts, or maybe even just kind of visual, like visual moments um, in general from the movie. I'll start and pick kind of a a rather simple one. Uh, When Goku uh, puts his power pole back in its place, 
Uh, he has ex- extended it to like smash into the back, the small back of, I believe, Nikki. Uh, and, and they crash into the castle and he pulls mm. it back. It's sort of in one motion. The power pole is returning to its normal size and he is kind of pulling it behind his back, spinning it and replacing it. And I just think it's slick as hell and could yeah. watch it happen over and over. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, that's a really, yeah, I totally agree. That's a really good, really cool. Just like, yeah, awesome. That's a really great moment. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I really like, especially is the opening sequences of this, this film. Um, the film does a really good job of introducing Ginger, Nikki, and Sancho in a way that it doesn't necessarily like overstate their power. Like they don't just show up and like, hi Piccolo, you're a nerd and slap him and he cries. They they get the jump on Piccolo and they get the jump on Chi Chi. And it feels like you get a sense for the fact that they are capable fighters, but mm-hmm. it does a really good job of like shadowing their faces because they have the thick hoods or shooting them in such a way that they're just out of sight for a lot of the characters, except I think Nikki comes out of the out of their house, which is a great sort of fearful thing like oh hey the house you just came out of surprise i was in it the whole time eating your apples um so but it does a really good job of setting them up as more cunning fighters rather than necessarily powerful fighters so they're getting the drop on these characters um and i think in those sequences i really like how the forest around and we don't really get a a whole lot of time in at goku and, and family's house but it does a really good job of shooting that scene where it feels very you, you feel like Chi Chi's trapped because the, like mm-hmm. the shot with Gohan from above where there's like the little ceiling fan going and he's reading it's through the trees. There's trees behind him. There's another line of trees right behind Chi Chi. Like um, the only open space is really right in front of her where her dad is, who's the ox King. So he's big. Like there's no, there's no camera angle where a character has a lot of open sky behind them. Like it feels like a claustrophobic situation. You feel like we're in the dark woods right now. Um, so it's it's framed really well like an intense scene where you know people are going to jump you and particularly i love when chi chi is about to go in on um the little one uh ginger when she is about to go in on him and she is sort of like power sliding towards him like a few inches off the ground and her feet are just so subtly (laughs) twisting man something about that just works every time i think it's the fluidity of it and the fact that it's it's focused in on her feet like that it's not like a full like body shot of her it's just it's just her feet is she and they're yeah. slowly sliding in kind of into position into her into her form or her stance man i love that cut um that's really really nice not having seen dragon ball like that just continues every time i need to take me by surprise right because i guess so can she can she fight can she she rumble is that a thing in dragon ball yeah she can uh um she she's a capable combatant um she decided to sort of settle down and be a you know and take care take care of gohan and and sort of be a a mother first so to speak an education mama as they refer to her in the sub (laughs) (laughs) as i too hope to one day be referred yes yes um but i like the immediate follow-up too where uh i mean ginger sort of knocks i don't like it necessarily but the the way ginger knocks her back by just sort of throwing his hand up it, it, right. i'm watching i'm watching gal Gygar, so i thought protect shade um but he throws up <laughs> yes. he yes. throws yes. up the open palm wall of force and when she slams into it 
the the camera sort of shakes all mm-hmm. over the place like the frame is just going everywhere and yeah. wh- i mean and she's like sort of spiraling out of a kind of horizontally she's like spiraling backwards through the air before she hits the ground man that hit has such impact like you you feel it like it's got weight to it i really really like yeah. that whole sequence it feels like so, she hit a wall ex- right you know? exactly like you just really feel like she's slammed into a wall it both emphasizes his power and also the speed with which she was coming at him. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of like that it works on both levels. Um, and again, ultimately, Ginger looks fucking cool in that cloak, man. Dude, I I, I dig looks, all three of them honestly. He looks scary. I dig, but yeah, Ginger, he's a little short, but he's he's definitely got the look. He's got the glow when he's in that hood. He do. Um, but uh, I think the nice thing about that shot too is that there's even though I love me some good sort of particle effects, if you will that shot is all it's all camera work so to speak mm-hmm. there's no flashy particle effects there's no like dynamic like the, the animator doesn't have to do anything necessarily there it's all in how it's shot and how it's framed it's framed like a powerful impact and so therefore it feels like a powerful impact without being this sort of giant energy display like it's a much more subtle approach but still you get a sense like oh these guys are like weird mystic fighters like if you'd never seen dragon ball before you'd be like that's not a normal kung fu thing. Like he didn't even touch her, so I, I like that quite a bit. So I God, I feel like I'm gonna to steal all the the good meaty fight scenes, but um, you know, I think one of the first shots I I think about when I think about this movie is uh once uh Nikki has pulled out his uh his blade mm-hmm. and he is trying to cut Goku from one side and then i believe sancho is trying to attack him from the other and goku is kind of almost dancing to avoid strikes from both of them right Uh, and i (laughs) that scene is so uh kind of etched into my brain just because i feel like that is what those scenes that we spoke about earlier would look like if they were slowed down there would just be more of of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks super slick, and I like the. Um, I, I so I could be misremembering this, so tell me if I'm wrong. But um, I feel like the camera is kind of it, at one point zoomed in in such a way that the two Spice Boys are are kind of the border of the scene, and so it just seems like Goku is well and truly surrounded and. Mm-hmm cordoned off and they're closing in on him that scene has a really uh a special quality to it uh of all the of all the fight scenes in the movie that one uh that one and the the kamehameha are the ones i remember the most i like the fact that again i'm from the blade licking thieves podcast these guys don't necessarily lick their blades but they do pull <laughs> them out of their bodies so technically they could be connected to their tongues in some way and nikki did eat those apples at one point so i'm going to give them honorary blade licking thief status yes um but i speaking of that exact same scene where ginger and nikki are slicing through the air and goku's dodging blocking with the the power pole and moving and all that Mm -hmm. i i recall and i want to say this cut was in the toonami commercial for this when it was about to air but right as that's happening like ginger you know produces the two blades from his arms and flips them out really cool motion and nikki pulses out of his leg and I think Sancho goes in, or Ginger goes in first, and Nikki is running around the, the side of a, of a round dome, and he, like, is sort of flipping the blade around behind his back and back to his front again. Yes. God, that, yes. it's like a, it's, so it's cool. like, 
maybe a second, like second and a half. But man, that it's really hype. <laughs> It is, it is hype, such an, the sound design with it. It's so exciting. It's something about it. It just, it works. I think it's because it's at a, uh, unlike, say, you know, if you want to juxtapose it with what we get with Ginger, where it's pretty much just a full body shot of him. There's nothing in the background. He just sort of pops some blades out, and it looks cool when he's flipping them. But with Nikki running around that dome, it's a little, it's a curved surface with some kind of veiny root-like work on it. So it's, it's kind of weird looking and, and different. And he's running, he's not really perfectly horizontal on it, or like perfectly across the top, or vertical either. He's sort of at an angle as he's kind of running around the, the circumference of this sphere. Man, it's a, it's a, and it, the perspective on it is so unique, you know, as he's coming into the foreground of the shot. It's a, it's a, it's a really great line of motion, this sort of yeah. curvature from mid upper right to the lower right, but like going across the left side of the screen too. That's a really interesting way to frame his approach um and again kind of emphasizes it's just a guy with a sword running at another guy screaming that's not <laughs> necessarily interesting but because he's running on the side of that weird dome it's like you, you again you get the idea that well he's a capable fighter and these guys aren't normal fighters like a normal swordsman couldn't run across a dome like that like he's a he's some sort of mystic guy um so i, I really i really really like that whole sequence i totally agree it's really a neat that like the music drops out for that fight mm. and so you really like the blade hitting the the stone surface and you know people swinging and missing with with hands and feet and goku's like the cloth on his geese snapping and as he's dodging around like you really i don't know you hear all that and it again it just it adds a certain quality uh to the scene um that there's not you know i just certainly don't mind hype music you know over a fight scene but um i just thought that was an interesting choice that made it stand out another sequence i really enjoyed when they're inside when they're i think initially when the three of them are fighting goku before piccolo shows up um and they're fighting inside and they've kind of gotten swole or whatever um yes there's a there's a <laughs> swole power yeah they, get, they, they swole up they do the zarbon thing um and they're knocking goku around and i think they jump up and they they fire a couple of energy blasts at him and um, two of them get knocked away right before they impact Goku. And Goku looks over and uh, uh, I think it's Krillin that knocked them out of the way. Am I, am I recalling that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, is, that is when Krillin chose him. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's a perspective just below Goku and he's about to get hit and he's almost flinching. But two, the two, two shots get knocked away and then you see Krillin standing at the top of the staircase kind of in a, a pose like he, he almost looks like he threw a destructo disc even though he didn't. And he's like, hey, hey, I'm here. Like, what a great way to, to bring Krillin in in the middle of this fight scene. Um, I, just, I, I always thought that was a great way to intro the character in. It's like, oh, hey, right, right, you know, Johnny on the spot, right when you need me. So that was, a, that was another great little... How, just... how did he get there? But you know, it doesn't. He flies, man. Who who cares? Oh, that's it right. Doesn't... So I for I for some reason forgot he could fly because I was like, it Goku <laughs> had to use the cloud. Poor, poor Krillin. Goku poor had Krillin. to use the cloud to get there. Well, he can use Nimbus. What is? Yeah, and Piccolo also flew. Yeah, Piccolo also just flew. Also, Piccolo working Sancho is one of my favorite Dragon Ball Z things. <laughs> Full stop. He just rolls in. And he's beating on Sancho. He's like, hey, oh, oh. and he, I think he he knocks him into the ceiling and then fries yes. him while yes. he's in the ceiling. And, and you just see his limbs go limp. We, and you just see, and it's it's Piccolo leaving the room, and Sancho's legs are just hanging there, smoking. Like Whew. that's a really 
like the lot and i think it's like his legs are on the left side of the screen and like in in the foreground and deep in the background sort of looking down is piccolo Mm -hmm. who's like walking out of the room like you don't even have to like you get from the context there he just cooked that dude to death stuck in the ceiling but you don't necessarily even have to show it like you can just sort of imply it through the visual language there the way his legs kind of move and then stop so that's one of my favorite bits i yes again piccolo deserves respect that's a great sequence of him just being like you don't even matter to me you're dead you know catch you later love it um they just kind of explain tactically that like okay they beat him last time because it was a three on one but now that he's prepared and fighting against them he can overpower them like that that is something that like i agree kind of with your general take that that um that's often kind of missing from dragon ball they they tend to go the other the power scaling route but i really liked that um for this movie i think i think that's the nice thing that even though this really represents like nobody's on a plateau where they're untouchable even the guy that's wished for immortality i think that's what's really nice about it because i think far too often you get the sequ- this thing when dragon ball where well i've hit this new plateau of power you can punch me in the face and i don't even care and like that's i mean that's a trope and that's fine but I, I prefer the characters to be close enough that everybody's always kind of a threat and them working in tandem to beat Garlic Jr. at the end. I really, really like that. That's much more of my prefer. Like, I much prefer, say, you know, in the show, like Piccolo and Krillin and Gohan trying to fight Nappa as opposed to, say, Super Saiyan 15, Goku fighting Majin Buu, and who's at the highest plateau? Oh, you punch me in the face? I don't even care. Like, that just doesn't... There's no in-between. There's either, like, my my jaw will catch your fist, or you annihilate me. <laughs> There's Yeah, there really isn't any in-between there. And so I, I like when the characters are just close enough that everybody's kind of legit a threat. Like, even the goons in this movie you know they get their time to shine um so I, I i appreciate that i think there's a lot of i think i think the movie i don't really i don't want to say i don't like um i think really the the meat of this movie is in the fights between goku and piccolo and ginger nikki and sancho and a little bit with garlic jr and kami like there's some really cool visuals with kami turning gold yes um i like those i think those, those work really well but the final sequence almost feels a little more phoned in like mm. it doesn't have as much memorable it has some neat moments yeah but i don't think the animation does much the backgrounds are beautiful i love the way the uh this kind of this mm-hmm. implied the, the the weird architecture it, it's very kind of gothic and macabre uh lots of um sort of spindly uh sort of lord of the ring style bridges where you're like you guys really need to widen these things up and there's not there's there's no catwalks <laughs> um but for the most part, I think the, the final sequences are not anywhere near as, as impressive as the middle sequence, really. I agree. I agree. There's there's only a couple more specific scenes um, I wanted to highlight. Uh, I really like when Garlic Jr. summons the dragon. In, in a lot of ways, like, how amazing... Uh, and terrifying and kind of just I guess in the literal sense of the word awesome uh, that summoning Shenron can be like is is lost uh, because of you know developments in Super and also you know later developments in Z but like I don't know it's this is kind of the the full like 
Shinron experience. Like he's kind of, they, they do a really good job. I think of like highlighting his power and majesty and kind of scariness um, and kind of what happens to the environment and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it is, uh, it's a really great scene. I think the thing that's really great about it is that you, you get, through the context like oh these things like grant wishes and shenlong can pretty much grant any wish because he's like hey i want to be immortal okay boom happens um and i think visually what makes shenlong so impressive is there's a shot where it's a it's a a, a pulled back wide shot of this sort of floating castle thing and it's it's obviously in the clouds and shenlong is sort of wrapped around it many times and he's sort of yes. uh, sort of weight coming like winding in and out and he's sort of like wrapping the entire castle with kind of his body mass mm-hmm. that's a really great visual so cool for how big he is and you get the sense because of the um the cloud cover you almost you get the feeling like how far down does he go like how big is this dragon like how much are we even seeing here so i really like that it, it, it that framing of him even though he's not on screen all that much i think it's i agree with you it's really effective and probably like peak shenron experience really totally totally and i mean there's there are times later when he's summoned and there's not even a storm you know so the fact that like it just the blackest night descends on the castle and the seas kind of whip up and uh big waves start to crash against the castle and the zombies and what have you (laughs) come back to life (laughs) like by the can i just what was like okay so he wished for immortality Mm -hmm. like did that also sort of level up his powers? Like, I, so I was, my, my partner was like watching this kind of intermittently with me while she was like reading. And she was just sort of like, wait a minute. He just wished to be a more, like, how is he now summoning all the like dark beings of hell also? Was that sort of. Was that part of the fine print? Yeah, it's it's sort of implied that, like... And again, this movie doesn't waste a lot of time. Again, it doesn't, like, well, let's spend three minutes having slow pans over characters' mouths moving and explaining why he now has the power over all these weird evil goblins in another dimension. Like, it doesn't really matter, but they show it, so you get the idea that, like, oh, this is threatening the whole world. Okay. Like, that's, yep. that's, yep. that's all it's there to do. There are some good teases in here for, like, when, when you're... I think when I was a kid, like, I kind of was way more lenient with unexplained stuff in my TV shows, as long as it was sort of like, you can go learn about this in some other way, whether it's watching more of the TV show or reading about it or whatever. Yeah. I just thought it was, like, mysterious and, and cool. Like, I didn't have a... So, like, yeah, as, as a T, like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I just I found her I found her reaction funny. Oh, um, we should also mention in terms of like a in a Sakuga animation sense, Garlic Junior getting the actual immortality applied to him is a really cool effect with that sort of column of I don't even want to call it light, but sort of like brighter air, and the yeah. way it sort of it it the the effect on it is really cool because it's sort of it's not like a full opaque column; it's almost kind of like the implication of a column, and then the way he sort of like uh-huh, he, the way he kind of stretches um, and makes a face he gets very sketchy um, he has less defined kind of mm-hmm. uh, thick lining for the character so he's like he's clearly like being transmogrified in some way and I particularly enjoy there's a look on his face when it's happening like wait what's happening like he get you get the sense that like yeah. I mean he quickly just becomes like he's just laughing like a villain but 
um there's really a sense there's a, a sense almost at first where he's like oh what did i do like <laughs> i don't know what's happening to me um so i really enjoyed that part too yeah uh, which again kind of implies that you know shenron is this very powerful figure that can grant a super uh you know sort of powerful extra abilities and stuff that may be beyond the ken of mortals and all that sort of thing so i, I really like that it was a good again a visual way to tell you something about the world like this wish is powerful and maybe you don't understand everything that's going on to you either they showed that part during the tsunami commercials like all the time like when when the beings from hell were emerging and garlic was becoming immortal and he's all like a new dark age has finally begun <laughs> like that, that i remember that in every single commercial <laughs> that i saw for this movie yeah. <laughs> um which oh sweet i just this just occurred to me too like that trailer like if <laughs> this may be a really stupid way to sell this movie but i feel like you could almost based on that trailer like sell it as like here's anime taken yeah uh, yeah i guess <laughs> Yeah. Goku playing the role of Liam Neeson in this film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he would do the uh, uh, the calling him on the phone thing. He's a little too sweet for that. But no, I can see this being DBZ taken. I'm good with that. I'm good with that uh, that elevator pitch. The last scene I want to talk about. We ha- You can't discuss this movie and not talk about the fucking musical number. Yes. Because holy shit. So it is bizarre and awesome. So basically, while they're getting ready, what is it? I think they're getting they're about to leave again, or they're, they're getting ready to, to do the summoning ceremony. And Goku mm-hmm. or Gohan wanders off to a tree that's at the top, and he eats the fruit of this tree. And he may be granted the knowledge of good and evil, but he's definitely no longer sober after he eats that fruit. Nope. And he begins wandering around the castle, and it's just a a pretty delightful kind of whimsical bit um, <laughs> of him like wandering around. He rides a blue dinosaur. Yeah. I like the that. I like when he's walking with it and there's like the bright yellow background and it's laughing and he's laughing. That's that's really great. That's one of my favorite things. Man. It's <laughs> it is a thing that was that in the tsunami version of this movie? I think, if, if memory serves, yeah, I, I distinctly recall. Okay. I don't think they, I think they cut away a little bit with him because I think he he takes a leak off one of the higher, like, yes. railings at one point. I think they may have cut a bit of that because Dragon Ball is always keen on showing a little bit more than American censors uh, would, would enjoy. Um, yep. Goku's butt but I just, shows up I, for a minute. I distinctly recall the rainbow and the army of little marching blue triceratopses. I guess they're not really Triceratops as they're bipedal, but anyway, the blue dinosaurs and the rainbow, like I recall those things, so I'm pretty sure that happened. I'm sure that the dub Oh right, because they, they do say like they don't say he's drunk. That's what they do. They say like it these apples affect kids like they, they kids get funny. They get funny, that's what it is. They, they don't say they, they get don't funny. Say that they it makes people drunk. Yeah, certainly not. <laughs> so But no, that that is an incredible scene. I nothing like it that i remember is in the following two movies (laughs) so that's a pretty special thing for for dead zone yeah um yeah so i think generally those are those are some of the the better cuts in the film and it it, if it sounds like a lot it's because it is and it's a pretty short film so quite a bit of it looks really really good Mm -hmm. and is framed in a very mature way um for the most part i mean there's nothing in here that's like 
art house like redefines what you think you can do with with the camera but uh some really well done cinematography and some incredibly well animated sequences that even some of the other movies don't quite top uh some of the 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 ways mm. this is done so i i really enjoy that from this movie particularly all right mr grant i want to talk about who got the ass kicked because <laughs> in dragon ball somebody is always getting their ass kicked it's true and i just want to highlight i want to i want to make a a hall of fame of ass beatings that happen in these movies and my own personal nominee for this film would be kami because that dude gets his ass kicked yeah by garlic junior yeah after he becomes immortal garlic just proceeds to break kami on a stone column <laughs> like just just fucking just crushes this guy just punching him in the ribs over and over and over and the cracks in the marble column are just um or whatever it's made of are, are growing <laughs> wider and wider and you just kami is just breaking <laughs> before this newly immortal being and it lasts for a really long time compared to a lot of the other fight scenes. Yeah, it's he he knocks him around for quite a while. Uh, yeah, he, he gets beat up a lot. Um, I think my own vote in this film. First off, I want to point out for the record, other than a pretty big block of rock landing on his head, uh, Krillin does not get smacked around in this film. So no, his count no. is currently at zero, and I would, as my favorite character, I would prefer <laughs> if the count stayed at zero, but I know it won't. It's not going to. I know it won't, and that's that's fine. That's my cross to bear, but Krillin does not get smacked around in this movie, which is a delight. Um, he doesn't really do much, but you, know, you got to <laughs> take the good with the bad, I guess. Uh, I think my vote goes to the Ox King. Uh, he... <laughs> He gets, he gets, I believe the technical term is murked. Um, he's like, he's getting out of his hover car. He's like, I got presents for you guys. And he just stops talking. And Gigi's like, dad. He doesn't get to do it. Dad, anything. what's wrong? And he just face plants. I think you could argue that he quite literally gets his behind us kicked here because Ginger attacks him from behind. And then he just drops. So I think that's, I think it's a double whammy there for Ox King. And he's supposed to be a pretty capable fighter too. When they meet him in Dragon Ball, He's not to be trifled with. And in this film, it's just like, you don't even hear him get hit. He's just like, Ugh. and I, yes. you, if you if you didn't know this was about martial arts punch men's, you'd think he had a stroke. Um, he, he does just kind of, Ugh, and then falls over. Um, so I, my vote goes yeah, to I, just, I assumed that he got like poison darted. Yeah. Or poison pricked. Right? You know, because like you said, you don't hear any impact. He just a sudden, all of a sudden looks pained. Yeah. <laughs> so my vote goes to Ox King. And now we're going to move into a segment called Special Beam Cannon. Special Beam Cannon. And that's cannon with one N, by the way. With one a single N. Well, no, no, there, there are two Ns. Well. But just in the middle, there, there's one. You know, you know what I mean. You know, you know what I'm saying. Not cannon like C-A-N-N-O-N, like a, like a, like a gun. Cannon C-A-N-O-N. Like what is what is considered canon or official? Like the measuring stick. The, yeah, what is what is considered official timeline continuity and all that stuff. We're gonna now have some fun 
Uh, and oh man, I think we'll have a lot of fun with future films uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to do this. But we're gonna we're gonna fit each of these movies into the TV series timeline. Sure. And the objective here with this segment is because if you don't know, like many films, many or anime films, I should say, they're not explicitly placed in the timeline at any particular point. Um, a lot of times they don't make sense. Like they they can't fit based on show events. But the idea here is that as we go, we will attempt the the um, uh, the gymnastics, the uh, the the dislocating oh of limbs and and <laughs> and altering our body shape to fit these films into the timeline, and that's supposed to be the joy of it. I think, sadly, for Dead Zone, in terms of 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 the canonicity of it, it's pretty easy to slide this one into the timeline. Um, it is if, if if we think of you know Dragon Ball Z episode one so to speak, where uh, the, I, I guess the only qualm is that they do go to Kami House and if I recall, Bulma is there at Kami House, yes, when he visits? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so in Dragon Ball Z, the, the opening first episode, which obviously is a continuation of Dragon Ball, Goku shows up, he's got his son, and, he, and Bulma's like, you've got a kid? Because they haven't, they haven't seen each other for a couple of years. So most of this film in terms of the like the powers on display goku and piccolo are still enemies pretty much right you know everyone's relatively capable fighter garlic jr is you know seems uh, like a pretty dragon ball style villain they're chasing the dragon ball still none of this really feels out of continuity the only thing that i think is an issue is that he goes to kami house briefly and he sees like Roshi and Krillin and Bulma and then heads out. And that's why later Krillin knows to show up. Yes. Um, and I think he was going to get the dragon radar specifically so he could track them down. So here is my, the, and that's an issue because in episode one of the show, Bulma's like, but wait a minute, you have a kid. Wah. So here is my, that's the, I think that's the one hurdle we have to jump. Here's my pitch. Okay. So this film, <laughs> this film takes place between the final of the final tournament at the end of Dragon Ball and episode one of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Yes. So it's it's in that space between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And I'm with you so far. In order to maintain the continuity of Bulma being surprised that Goku has a kid, that Bulma. Okay, so Goku is a is a country bumpkin right technically by you know sort of in the text correct he, oh yes he, he is a he's a, yep. a a wild man a feral child if you will um a wild man he is indeed uh, yes. so in this film when he goes to kami house he does not have gohan with him now he mentions i'm trying to get my son back but gohan's not actually with them so he's like runs in he's like i get my son back and gets a dragon radar and he flies off <laughs> so yes. i'm working under the assumption that in order for this to fit in the timeline Bulma and or Roshi Krillin clearly believes him enough to go help him but Bulma and or Roshi either did not understand him through his thick country accent <laughs> fucking come on they were just like he's like get him, get him right or and he leaves and they were like okay I guess or or they just didn't think he was actually like they were just like well he's making that up I guess you know he's he's doing a beer run or something I don't know a you know, beer run you know Goku he's, he's, he'll make up anything to steal the dragon radar to go you know make a wish or something so like they just either either they could not understand him through his thick country accent or disbelieve him or both I think both could also apply or okay okay yeah I think I think that's what I'm gonna go with and when you know the giant block of rock 
falls onto Krillin's head, he suffers a concussion. Correct. Which eventually manifests in forgetting. Uh, in him Boom, forgetting there it is. that Goku has. You tie that up on the back end. Good. Okay, so now I think we're in the clear. I think. I think. Yeah, so it's a prequel. It's prequel a prequel film, film, and those those two minor snips, I think it fits in just fine. No fuss, no muss. So yeah, this is going to be th- that was the easy one. <laughs> the relatively easy. That was that here. was this section at one time. Earth's gravity. Just get ready as we continue to increase <laughs> the <right>. gravity. <laughs> it's going to get more difficult as it. we go. <laughs> the next time will be will be the equivalent of us going to Kaiosama's planet. Yeah, it's it's we're going to be chasing a monkey for a while. I'm letting you know. It's going to take us some time to get ready for that one. Um, I didn't mention this before, but this seems like a, as good a time as any. Um, I, I actually quite like the sort of Shonen Jump style movie that um, is purposefully not kind of tied into the TV series continuity. Um, I think, like a lot of, you know, they get a bad rap just because of that, because kind of people want to mainline that story but um you know kind of looking back and and revisiting the tv show as i am and and looking at these movies like i think it's an interesting exercise for the creators like they get to try some stuff out kind of a sandbox like you know they don't have to worry about screwing up uh anything with the characters or continuity they can just kind of play around test out some concepts and uh you know, if stuff works, maybe they carry it over, or maybe, you know, maybe not even that. Maybe they just wanted to try something out, right, that the series story doesn't really allow them to do. And so for that, I appreciate these movies and kind of Shonen Jump movies in general. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I appreciate, I like that. I think for me, I like movies where the canonicity is sort of undetermined, like it does as a fan it does frustrate me a little bit sometimes when you're like oh i just watched this movie and it was really cool but it's like as we're going to go forward it's almost impossible to make it fit into the events in the show or whatever that you really enjoy um so i think sort of tellings of the the distant past or the far future elseworld tales if you will to use a, a, a dc comics ism um sort of like uh what was the the one history of trunks is that the one where it talks about go like the trunks and his alternate timeline yep yeah mm-hmm. and then or like uh bardock's bardock's movie like both of those are sort of prequel or side stories which you could you could either view them as canon and incorporate them into the mainline mm-hmm. story or you could say i don't like this and disconnect it it's almost it's like an add-on to the side or the periphery um mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily affect how things play out in the main story i like that a lot so that you can sort of pick you can you can sort of have your cake and eat it too um, but I also enjoy, I agree with you, I enjoy the fact that some of these films are just like, you know what, we're just going to do whatever and who cares. You know, it, it allows them to just kind of go hog wild and not have to worry about things and it's more of a playground. Yeah, and, and some of the non-Goku Vegeta characters get to get to win, you know, yeah. get to have the, the kind of the ultimate victories. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes. I think um, it would be an interesting, a, a super meta exercise would be to have some Dragon Ball Super episodes similar to the Dragon Ball Z episodes where like Goku and Piccolo get their driver's license or the recent episodes of Super where they play baseball. There should be some episodes in Super where the characters go to see a Dragon Ball movie and those are episodes in the series. So they are like, it's not as much about them seeing the film as it is like Vegeta has to get everybody popcorn and he doesn't have any money with him. Like, you know, like (laughs) that would be a really fun 
sort of like a day out with those characters um that would be pretty great i would i would i would watch that i would definitely watch that That would be dope we're now going to move on to uh a segment called shenron's wish i am shenron i shall grant you any wish now speak where we kind of talk about one thing that we'd like to change about the movie if we could to make it better or just different better for us whatever or yes yes that's yes or, or different uh i will gather the seven dragon balls and wish for immortality ha you fool now <laughs> no, i run the pod to me i am the king <laughs> of wave motion cannon no um so my one wish and i think we should also point out that just like with the actual dragon balls which really do exist we can't have the same wish twice or thrice or you know if other people are so do you later. mean like i can't repeat your wish precisely or do you mean throughout this entire run i think actually both should apply we can't wish for the same thing every time like we've got to wish for different things Okay, so for different things for each movie? Oh, no. Yes, because, I mean, they're different films. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. But we have to, it's just like, <laughs> okay. and maybe we have to do a special, like, side podcast where we record on Namek so that we can break that rule. But for now, I think we need to keep it so that you can't repeat the exact same wish that, every single time. That is beautiful. All right. Um, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm down Okay. <laughs> so my wish, if I, if I could gather the Dragon Balls and make my one wish, it would be that I would alter the very first uh, encounter with the, not not the three of them against Piccolo, but the three of them at uh, the house of Goku and Chi Chi and Gohan. So instead of, I got because for me, Chi Chi beating the crap out of one of these guys is definitely something I would want to see and pay money for. So I would alter that sequence <laughs> to instead of like Chi Chi slides forward, hits wall, flies back. Chi Chi slides forward and engages with uh, Ginger and is at least going toe to toe with him. But since it's my wish, she's beating Ginger. But then, you know, Nikki and Sanjo show up and three on one, she can't handle them, defeat her. And then they take Gohan. Like, I want to see, I want a couple of seconds or minutes of, you know, similar to how the middle of the the film has really great martial arts. I want to see Chi Chi wail on Ginger and win for a little while. And then they best her, like they hop in. So the rest of the movie can still kind of play out as it is. Uh, that's a really good one. Uh, I'm torn between two. Uh, I'm torn between <laughs> changing those little things up that we talked about so that this could be an official sort of part of the timeline. Be careful, that's a powerful um, wish to expend on Dead Zone. <laughs> however, I don't know if that would then eradicate the the Garlic Jr. arc that happens in the middle of the TV show. Yeah, and that's where we get Krillin in that white zoot suit. I think it could still it could still stand, but I'd have to I'll know more once I actually once I actually get to the rewatch that, of that. That's a wish that messes with the timeline. That's dangerous. It's very dangerous. That is very dangerous. <laughs> so it, I think I'm gonna gonna scale back and just wish for uh for Krillin to be able to beat one of the goons. I think there are you know, there are three fighters and I think it's only fair that Krillin be able to shine a little bit and, and take one of them out. Which one? Well, I don't wanna steal I don't want to mess with the Piccolo Sancho bit, so I'll say Nikki, or no, uh, no, we'll, we'll go with Ginger since he's shorter. Um, so the short guy can take out the other short guy. What if my wish is also in play? So Ginger is already getting beat up by Chi Chi. Do you still want Krillin to beat up on him too? 
Oh. Hmm. Does that alter your expectation for that? Well, so if your wish also comes true, then you know, well, then we can make it Nikki. Uh, to that, that might further kind of accentuate Krillin's triumph because he beat the tallest one. Yeah, bingo. There you go. Take that, Nikki. Jerk. <laughs> the tallest and drunkest. That's true. <laughs> and the most apple filled. Now that we've made our wishes, we must proceed to rank the dragon. Uh, in which this segment is going to be. Do I do the whole thing now and just rock rank the dragon? Yes. Dragon, yep. Dragon. Mm-hmm. Rank this is dragon. Dragon balls. <laughs> 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 hey. <laughs> ridiculous rhythm <laughs> and then and then he becomes super saiyan at the end of the theme or of the of the op yeah but you don't even know what that is for so long spoiler what they, alert <laughs> what are they doing uh gosh the english version was so bad about about spoiling oh the stuff those episode, episode titles, titles and, will piccolo survive God. the next battle Pick, okay. next episode piccolo <laughs> totally doesn't survive this battle like no <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad uh, death of the prince was the one where i was just like come on fuck you <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to me <laughs> uh so yeah we're, what we're gonna do and Sort of like Special Beam Cannon, for this time, this segment is going to be a little anticlimactic, but <laughs> look, look forward to how this goes in future episodes, because we're going to kind of keep a running list. Uh, we have to figure out which, how to rank these, 1 to 13. And I think it's fair to say that uh, Dead Zone, as of now, is uh, the best DBZ movie. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to rank it at the bottom at number one. Uh, and also the worst. Yeah, I'm going to rank simultaneously. it at the bottom at number one. That's where I'm ranking it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the only, it's, listen, it's the only fair thing we can do. It's I true. can't disagree with you. Yep. Logic dictates that we must do this. Now we'll move swiftly on to Twitter questions. All right, so our first one comes to us from Lum Ranmayasha. Who, by the way, he's he's a patron. So Lum Ranmayasha, congratulations. You'll get to hear all these. You get Hooray. You get a Zenzu for you. <laughs> and four million Zini. Congratulations on all your success. No, he's Lum, Lum's a good guy. Um, ask yeah, for sure. How does the animation in the film compare with the three previous Dragon Ball films? Do you think it's a notable step up visually? Uh, I have to toss this to you as a person who has not seen a frame of the original Dragon Ball. Well, and that's... I was hoping you had seen some of the films because I have... Oh, no! Here's the problem with this question. I have read (laughs) the manga for Dragon Ball and I have seen a fair amount of the TV series, but um, I actually have not seen any of the Dragon Ball films at all. Um, But... I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Dead Zone is incredible, like visually very unique and um, feels like a very uh, high quality Dragon Ball film in a lot of ways. So I'm going to say it's probably stronger than the other entries. Just just like gut take is my guess is that, I mean, Toei mm-hmm. probably didn't go all out on those films uh, knowing Toei. So I would say this is probably, you know, as, as such a visually um, dynamic film it's probably better than those three but i really don't know truthfully that this question hurt because i was like crap i have not seen reckless speculation i'm just I'm just going out on a limb <laughs> people are going to be at me on twitter like you're an idiot what's wrong with you but 
So I'm gonna on, I'm gonna say that it the is, Red but... Ruby or whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of the Dragon. <laughs> isn't Ball one of those films. movies? There's a movie about a Red Ruby, isn't there? Or a Ruby? Uh, a Dragon Ball movie. All of Dragon Ball. It's about a Red Ruby. That's the shocking twist at the end of the Boo Saga. It was never about the Dragon Balls. It's always been about a Red Ruby. <laughs> so surprise. Sorry, Lum. Um, yeah, sorry, buddy. I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'm gonna take this as an admonishment, or sorry, admonition to watch dragon ball i you're not the first person to admonish me in this way i got a fair number of of tweets when i was you know starting up my rewatch of z people were like why don't you start with dragon ball why don't you start at the beginning and i was like shut up get out my face (laughs) um you don't know my life you don't know my choices part part of Part of this was me rediscovering something I already liked, but but I am down, totally down for watching the original uh, at some point soon. Um, so the next question is from Colton at SniperColton323, uh, our buddy who hosts uh, the Manga Mavericks podcast. Yeah, and a few others, uh, too. So he... He's got a couple of pods in his belt. <laughs> he does, yeah, and he's a Gintama one as well. Yeah, life lessons. I was actually just it may not it's not out yet, but I'm I was on a I don't know if it's the latest. I was on a episode of of <laughs> that show too. It was really fun with him and uh Sakaki. Gosh, it means I want to I should watch Gintama so I can listen to that podcast. Well, that's part of why I did it too. I was like, man, I got a bunch of friends that love Gintama. I should totally watch it so I can be part of the conversation. Colton asks. I, or says, I like how the movie feels like it takes place during the time skip between the 23rd tournament and Raditz. What do you guys think? Um, so, yeah, so I think that is a really neat thing about this one. Uh, like, we, we covered that, like, it's really... It, it almost fits exactly into that space in the timeline, but for one or two little niggling inconsistencies with the first episode like we we sadly sort of answered this question that's we're kind of over two here um we <laughs> we basically agree that it does feel like it's in that space and it's part of probably one of the unique strengths of this film relative to a lot of the other z films and stuff that come later is that they don't really feel like they fit at all because they don't uh but this actually all with except for our two sweet edits uh it could almost fit in perfectly so we agree with that that's in my headspace it always has like it's always been the one film that kind of fits uh twitter mutual john suarez asks is garlic jr in any way related to emperor pilaf and that is an interesting question now are you familiar with emperor pilaf oh boy uh i love emperor pilaf um i know he features prominently in dragon ball Mm -hmm. but thank goodness like dude comes back with a vengeance in dragon ball super and is amazing (laughs) like his character in super is freaking adorable and fantastic um and i love him deeply i i i would hug that evil wannabe tyrant so tight (laughs) he's so he's great makes me laugh every single time he's on screen in super giving dating advice to my helping bulma build the time machine it's just it's so good um but but uh so i i understand that he is one of like the main villains in dragon ball Mm -hmm. um and as i scroll the wiki 
as I cheat here, <laughs> I don't see anything about a connection to either Garlic Jr. or Senior. Uh, but you know what? Just for fun, I'm going to say they are second cousins. They see each other on Thanksgiving and brag about their evil conquests, uh, and then they go to their respective kingdoms for the rest <laughs> of the year. I'm down with that. I also think they probably have like wildly differing political views, actually, and they get really upset if they talk to each other too much, so they're on very, like, it's very, like, they're very cold with each other at Thanksgiving. It's very much like, hi, how are you? How are the kids? You're still chasing the Dragon Balls too. Awkward sip of drink. See you next year kind of thing. Like, they just don't want to get into it. You know, not in front of the family. I mean, yes. Emperor Pilaf, you know, believes in a, in a sort of soft monarchy, whereas Garlic Jr., I mean, is just an evil dictator. Yeah, he's more, that's why I guess more direct theocracy. He makes himself sort of an evil god type thing. Yep, so. yep. Don't bring up the election around them. Oh, <laughs> let me just let me tell you, it's a bad scene. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's so, not good. so yeah, I think they're 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 second cousins. I'll go with that. I'll sign off on that. Uh, thanks to everyone who sent in a question and comment. Um, and you know, if uh, patrons uh, want to send in a comment on uh, patreon.com slash wavemotioncanon we will definitely definitely get to that uh, in the episodes but we will also tweet out uh, just before we record uh, and we'll check twitter again for future questions Uh, so keep sending those along and we'll try to watch more dragon ball movies next time (laughs) man i don't know I'm, i'm watching a lot of dragon ball I don't know if, if I can uh, squeeze in can. the original movies, but I def it it will happen. I will get to them for sure. Um, but speaking of Twitter, uh, Mr. Grant, I think that we have just about wrapped up um, our discussion of mm-hmm. the film. Unless you have any final thoughts on it? No, I think we've chalad all the head chalas that can be chalad. I don't know if any of that verb makes sense, but I think I think we're done. I think we've done it. I think we spoke for twice the movie's length, so I think we're, I think <laughs> the, we're good. <laughs> the dead zone is closed. No longer open for business. No, we have shut it down. Where can we find you on Twitter, sir, if uh, listeners would like to discuss more of Dead Zone or indeed Dragon Ball with you? Uh, sure. If for some reason they want to follow my nonsense, I am at Grant the Thief on Twitter. And of course, you can find me um, writing for the wonderful Wave Motion blog where I post articles about things that are very old and crusty like myself um and then i also am on my podcast blade licking thieves with my good buddies uh where we review eastern media of all stripes and kinds um and then also i'm occasionally on this pod and on the wave motion pod and you know i'm around (laughs) like a virus i spread (laughs) the ever-present all-consuming yes ubiquitous grant um yeah, definitely follow Grant. He's one of my most favorite follows, and I would say that whether or not he was helping me out here with this oh, podcast. You're making me blush. Stop, stop. <laughs> uh, if anyone is interested in following me on Twitter, uh, I am at the Subtle Doctor. At me about anything on there. You can uh, send me a curious cat uh, if you'd like me to answer something uh, in more than 140 characters. Uh, people have been really cool about dropping stuff in there, and I've really, really enjoyed interacting with um, with my followers uh, through that. So keep that coming. Uh, like Grant, I write for Wave Motion Canon, and am occasionally on that podcast as well. 
Um, and I, I like Grant, also have my own podcast, uh, Watery Desho, which means uh, in English it's probably bad, uh, and that is not accurate because it's definitely bad. Uh, very <laughs> oh, bad stop. anime podcast. Oh, you. I like uh, your podcast. I listen to your podcast. I'm a fan. <laughs> For what it's worth. Don't discredit your taste any further. <laughs> We're on a Dragon Ball pod, and you're talking about liking my pod. I mean, just... It's true. Oh, no. My anti-Twitter cred. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with my friends, uh, Shadon and Virgalia, uh, and we have a good time. Uh, so you can listen to my lengthy shenanigans there as well. Thanks, Grant, for uh, joining me for the the first in our Baker's Dozen of Cannonball Z, insert title here, Dragon Ball Movie Podcast Series thing. Oh, no, thank you. I was super glad to be on, and I look forward to doing more of these. If you enjoyed this, uh, feel free to support us on Patreon at, once again, patreon.com slash wavemotioncanon. Subscribe to that second extra slash bonus tier uh, and get a chance to listen to all of these for Grant and the rest of the Wave Motion crew. My name is Subs, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Take care, guys. sequence in which he uh extends his uh extends <laughs> extends his powerful sounds so dirty <laughs> oh my god too easy